I'm Luke. That's Nick over there behind the computer being the producer guy. Uh, we are on Spotify, Podbean, all that fun stuff. And it is Monday. We took two days off last week, Thursday and Friday. We didn't take days off. We did take days off. We were doing other things. Yeah, but they weren't days off. Well, they were days off from the podcast. Yes, but we were working the whole time. But they were days off from the podcast, so we took two days off. We took two days uh, off. Okay, I guess. Anyway, it's Monday, and we're back. It is Monday. We're back. Um, and it's the day after the big game, um, which I don't know if it was really that big of a game. So they they were playing sports ball, right? It was a sports ball day. Go sports ball. Go 40 ball. No, wait. What? No, What? Is that not? That's not anything. That's not anything. I voted for the. I was. I was rooting. Wait, for, did you vote for Nader? I did not vote for Nader. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. Did you rooting, vote for Ross Perot? I was rooting. <laughs> wow. Uh, Sorry. Go ahead. I, I'm derailing no, you. I was, the whole I was time rooting here. for the uh, for the um, the cheerleaders. Forty Chiefs. Or were, the, were you rooting for the cheerleaders? Yes, the cheerleaders. Actually, they didn't even show the cheerleaders yesterday. Mm, well, they lost apparently then. So, um, although you could consider the halftime show the cheerleading the cheerleaders because mm. they were dancing similarly, like cheerleaders dance. Yeah, I didn't like the halftime show. Eh, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like a big production. It was like not eh. It was eh. You know what it is? I, I was thinking about that today when we were driving around because we were talking about this earlier. And uh, I think the issue is that those, the people that did the halftime show, um, they are a little bit more close up in their productions, I think, in general. I haven't seen much of any of their stuff. But most of the stuff that I any mostly all of the stuff that I have seen is very localized, small scale stuff, right? Um, because a lot of their act is around their body, right? So it's not, and so it's less on their talent and more on their ability to shake it, right? I just, yeah, I just had a song pop into my head that was neither one of theirs. So was it was "Shake It Off" by? By Taylor Swift. I think, I think that's what <laughs> um, so, Well, I guess what I'm saying is that when you have like a, a male celebrity, a male uh, artist, when they come in and do a do the halftime show, tends it tends to be much bigger. Mm-hmm. It tends to be more of a production. Well, I mean, we are of course comparing to the epic showman of all. Epic showman's on stage, and that would be the Justin, Mars. Oh, I was thinking of Justin Timberlake. Or Justin Timberlake. Bruno Mars and Justin Timberlake do. Yeah, they do big production shows. Epic you show. Know? It's all about, it's all the difference. That, well, also, and the other thing, at least with Bruno Mars, is that he has, he has a full band, like a full, with like a full like trumpet section. Exactly. So. And they did a little bit of that yesterday. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't big enough. I don't. It, it, it's. They always they always talk about the Super Bowl like it's the big game, right? Right. And so it's like you watch something like that and you're like, I want a big show. This is not a big show. Yeah, it needs to be. Uh, it needs to be epic. Yeah, it it wasn't. 
It wasn't epic. It wasn't. And and I'm I'm wondering because I and I've I've never really, like I said, I don't really pay mo- much attention to either of those celebrities. But I wonder if their show, their regular shows, are like that. I would assume so. I and don't so know. and so to that I say, fail. It's the big game. Step up your game. Yeah, seriously. Go big or go somewhere else to halftime. <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, I was actually watching a a uh, a video on like the top worst received halftime shows or something like that. Yeah, Disney used to like host the halftime show and do a show, like a Disney show. Yeah. Oh, that would and be they so looked pretty cool. epic too. They did one with uh, Gilligan's Island. Why did they, they stop were, doing it? Because they weren't well received. Uh... Strong air quotes. You know what I think is funny? What is synonymous with football? Beer? What is synonymous with beer? I, I, I'm lost. I'm going to walk you into this real slow. Okay. What goes with beer? Wings? No. I mean, what? <laughs> I'm, I, I'm talking about a group of people. Rednecks? Why don't they ever have country music for the halftime show? That is a good question. Like some Kenny Chesney or something. I don't think it matters who it is. Brooks and Dunn. Because honestly, I mean, even I'm not a big fan of the modern country, which is just country rap, which if you abbreviate country, it's just sea rap, which is crap. Crap. Um, But that's neither here nor there. At this point, I would say, why haven't you had a why haven't you had a country a country music group do the halftime halftime show show. for the Super Bowl. I mean, it's, it's a good third or half of your, of your, uh, viewing audience, right? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So I just, I, I don't know. I, it's funny because the, the halftime shows, they tend to become, I, I, I've noticed, and I'm obviously very critical of this one because I didn't like it, but, I've noticed that more and more the halftime shows have become more and more – people have become more and more critical of them. Right. And I think that it's more of an issue of people watching the halftime show and watching someone that they don't really like anyway. Yeah. And so they're looking for an opportunity to be critical of them, Uh, which is ironic because I actually do like um, – what's her face? Uh, Yes, yeah. This is how much this is how much I pay attention to them. Is I don't even remember her name from from yesterday. Yeah, from yesterday. Uh, Shakira no. or J Lo? No, J Lo. Yeah, yeah. I actually like her music, some and of, so some of it. Well, yeah. You know what it was is that I I've heard about her performances and how amazing they are, and and so I I kind of came into it watching it kind of like expecting it to be this epic spectacle, right. And it wasn't. It was just a spectacle. Yeah, and not. Yeah, and it wasn't. It, it was wasn't just, great one. and not in the term of like a cool thing. It was like a spectacle, as in like a, you know, the yeah. other the other kind of spectacle. Yeah, yeah. Wink, wink, giggity. <laughs> no, no. That's it, what I'm saying. Yeah, no. It but was, that's what it I'm was, saying, though. Yeah, that's, was, that was the kind of spectacle it was. It was like I'm looking for an epic performance, and you're giving me that. Yeah, which is garbuchkas. Yeah, I, I'm not really interested in. I mean, the it's actually one of the reasons why I'm, I'm not a big fan of sports because they tend to do that a lot in sports, you know. Sports ball. So I don't know. I I guess I just okay. I know so. I know Justin Timberlake got a lot of crap for his show be, because he did that thing where he sang with Prince. All right, you ready? But. I liked his show because he was all over the place. Who? Justin Timberlake last year. Oh, yeah. It was great. It was a great show. He was all over the place. It, well, it, was, was, doing, a, it was a good show. It was No, it was more than a good show. It was a spectacle. He went, all over, he went out of his way to make it huge. Okay. Starting in 1960 in the first Super Bowl. Okay. And I will, we're going we're gonna to read the halftime shows okay. all the way through. You ready? So all 54 of them. Here we go. 
good God. Go ahead. So January 15th, 1967. The performance was the University of Arizona Symphonic Marching Band. Okay, that sounds cool. And Grambling State University Marching Band. Al Did they do a Al battle of the Al bands? Hurt and the Anaheim High School Drill Team and Flag Girls. That was probably an awesome show. See, that's the other thing. It's a full, like, band. What, is, what else is synonymous with football and halftime? Bands. Doing a, a band thing. Bands. Have? Oh, man. Okay. The next year, 1968. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, was in Miami, right? And it was the Grambling State University Marching Band. That's it. Just them. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. In when? 1960 1968. Was the next time they had a halftime show. Yeah, what, 67, 68, the next year. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. This is this is Super Bowl halftime shows only. I thought you said 60. Oh, oh, For the oh, Super oh, Bowl, oh. I was like, uh, what? Okay. So, okay, continue. 1969 was in Miami again, um, and the performance was Florida A&M University and Miami area high school bands. Ooh, cool. Okay, uh, 1970 um, was the Marguerite Piazza, Doc Servinson, Al Hurt, Lionel Hampton, Carol Channing, and Southern, U- and Southern University Marching Band. Carol Channing. <laughs> 1971 was Southeast Missouri State Marching Band. 1972, Ella Fitzgerald, Carol Channing, Al Hurt, USA, uh, USAFA Cadet Choral. Cool. And the U.S. Marine Corps Drill Team. Ooh. That, that was, was ni- probably cool. That was 1972. That was probably pretty awesome. 1973 was the University of Michigan Marching Band, Woody Herman and Andy Williams. Cool. Wow. And that was a huge set list. Um, sorry. Uh, 74 was the University of Texas Longhorn Band and Judy Mallet, Miss Texas 1973, on fiddle. Mm. So there's some of your country right there. 1975, Mercer Ellington. In 1974, <laughs> just to be clear, that was a long time ago. Continue. It was slightly before you were born. A bit. Um, like 20 years before you were born almost. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, 1975, uh, theme was the tribute to Duke Ellington. Mm. So Mercer Ellington and Grambling State University marching bands. Cool. Uh, 1976, um, uh, tribute to America's Bicentennial. Nice. So uh, the performer was Up With People. I don't even know what that is. We're going to open that in an, another page so that we can look at that in a moment. Okay, 1977. Uh, that one, that was uh, Super Bowl six, right? Yeah. Um, and that was in Pasadena, California. Mm. Um, and the performance was the Los Angeles Unified All-City Band and Audience Card st- Stunt. And it was produced by Walt Disney. Cool. Uh, 1978. Um, they were in Louisiana, and it was Tyler Apache Bella's drill team and Apache band Pete Fountain and Al Hart. Al yeah. Hurt, sorry, Hurt. 1979 uh, was Ken Hamilton and various Caribbean bands, including Gramex out of Dom- uh, Dominica. I don't. Sponsored by Carnival. <laughs> cool. All right, 1980. Um, up with people, Grambling State University marching bands in Pasadena. Cool. A salute to the big band era. Mm. So that was probably pretty cool. Uh, 81 was the Southern University marching band and Helen O'Connell. 82 was a salute to the 60s, and uh, the band was up with people. Uh, 83 was the Los Angeles Super Drill Team. Uh, 84 was Salute to Superstars of the Silver Screen. Hmm. So the band, it was in Tampa, Florida. 
Okay. Uh, the performers were University of Florida and Florida State University marching bands produced by the Walt Disney Company, um, and that it was a big halftime holy cow. Set list was seven. Uh, introduc- introduction by Phyllis George and then six songs, ending with When You Wish Upon a Star. That's cool. Uh, 85, uh, Tops in Blue. Uh, produced by the Air Force Entertainment. Sweet. Uh, 1986, I don't know if that's the actual Air Force or just the name of the company is Air Force Entertainment. Uh, 1986 was uh, Beat of the Future was the theme. Performance uh, Performer was up up with the people. So apparently they were a, a big deal. Um, 87, a salute to Hollywood's 100th anniversary. Holy cow. Performers, George Burns, Mickey Rooney, Gambling State University, and USC marching bands. Disney characters, Southern California area high school drill teams and dancers. Wow. Produced by the Walt Disney Company. Wow. That was probably an epic performance. And that was one of the ones on that list I was telling you about where I watched the video that people didn't like. Or so they said people didn't like. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that looks really cool. And ended again with wish When You Wish Upon a Star. Also playing... Uh, a hoedown song, What a Feeling, theme from Flashdance, That's Entertainment, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, When You Wish Upon a Star, and Cheek to Cheek. Uh, all right. Um, 88. Um, the theme was Something Grand. Mm. Performers, uh, Chubby Checker, The Rockettes, 88 Grand Pianos, and the combined whoa, San Diego whoa. State University Marching Aztecs and USC Marching Bands. 88 Grand Pianos? Is it the name of the band, or did they actually have 88 Grand Pianos? It looks like, just, it looks like they had 88 Grand Pianos. Because that's cool. Um, and it was produced by Radio City Music Hall. Mm, hence the 88 Grand Pianos. Yeah, that's pretty stinking cool. All right. Uh, January 89. Um, theme, 1950s rock and roll. Uh, Bebop Bamboozled in 3D. Oh, that's right. This is the one that was in 3D. Uh, performers was Elvis Presto, a Elvis impersonating magician. Wow. Um, and the South Florida area dancers and performers. Was this on the list of poorly received? This was received? on the list of poorly received. Because just the, the name. The whole thing was in 3D. Because just the name of it, just starting with Elvis Presto. Elvis Presto. Has, has already. Fail. Yeah, has already turned me off. Huge production. Introduction by uh, Bob Costas and 3D commercial for Diet Coke. The songs were Rock This Town, then an audience participation card trick, then Tutti Frutti, Do You Love Me, Devil With a Blue Dress On, Great Balls of Fire, Grease Lightning, and True Love. Wow. That was was probably a horrible performance. (laughs) It sounds bad. Okay. Um, 1990. Uh, performers Pete Fountain, Doug Crenshaw, Irma Th- Thomas, uh, Nicholas State University Marching Band, and Southern University Marching Band, and the USL Marching Band. Uh, and this was all in New, a- New Orleans, Louisiana. 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 Okay. Uh, okay. So, uh, 91. We're, we're rapidly approaching the era at which they just started having a band do it. So go ahead. Okay. So 91 was... Um, a small world tribute to 25 years of the Super Bowl. A small world tribute. You ready for this? Performers. New Kids on the Block. Disney characters. Warren Moon. 2,000 local children and an audience card stunt. Producer. The Walt Disney Company. Sponsor. The Walt Disney World and the Coca-Cola Company. Wait a minute. Hold on. Uh, a card trick with the audience? Was Elvis Presto there? I believe so. Gosh. Or something. They also had 2,000 local children, which is crazy. Well, that's nothing compared to what Michael Jackson does in his. We'll, so, we'll get to that So one. the set list was, it's a small world after all. We are the world, and I'd like to teach the world to sing. All in one by the children. Step by step by New Kids on the Block. This one's for the children by New Kids on the Block and the kids. And it's a small world after all by the kids. Uh, the airing was delayed until after the conclusion of the game due to the NBC News coverage of Operation Desert Storm. So in the middle of that game, instead of doing the halftime show, they aired 
Desert Storm stuff. They own. They aired uh, the United States owning. Yeah. Uh, and then Iraq air, and, and then aired this halftime after the game, um, after the game had concluded, and it was not well received. So obviously, they should have just. I think they should do that from now on. Instead of a halftime show, we're going to watch the U.S. kick some butt. Yep. Anyway, continue. Uh, okay, so '92 uh, was in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The theme was Winter Magic. Salute to the 1992 Winter Olympics. Performers, Gloria Estevan, Olympic figure skaters, Brian Benito and Dorothy Hamill. They actually put ice out on the field and they were doing that. Members of the 1980 U.S. Olympics hockey team and the University of Minnesota marching band. Uh, The set list was Winter Magic, Walking in Winter Wonderland, Dancing with a Sugar Plum Fairy, Frosty, One Moment at a Time, Don't Stop Now, uh, Live for Loving You, Get on Your Feet. 92. I think yeah. that was the last time that the the U.S. hockey team won the won the Olympics. Okay, notes during the halftime, rival network Fox aired a special live episode of In Living Color, one of the first deliberate attempts of at counter programming. The show drew over 22 million viewers away from the Super Bowl <laughs> telecast. In mid 1992, citing this, special publications pitched the concept of exclusively. Featuring live concert-type performances from top contemporary artists, the concept and pitch was attributed to uh, Select Production Productions employee Rick Lewis and promoted the change in the 1993 halftime show, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. So, 93, performer, Michael Jackson uh, in in Pasadena, California. Producer, Radio City, Scott Sanders, and Don Misher Productions. And he he did We Are the World, didn't he? Uh, yes, he did Jam, Billie Jean, Black and White, We Are the World, and Heal the World. And he did that with, like, I, Children's Choir. Yeah, with a massive Children's Choir. Yeah. Notes. This halftime performance increased the TV ratings by a significant amount. It has uh, been claimed to be one of the most watched events in American television history. After 1993, the NFL made deliberate effort to attract top performance for halftime shows. So, 94. You were born in 93? 93, yeah. All right. So in 94, they were in the Atlanta, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, the where, Georgia Where Dome. was the 93 game? What what year? Where was it? Pasadena, California. Okay. And that was, uh, does it say who played in the game? No. Okay. I thought that was a significant thing. Maybe it just maybe it was just because it was Michael Jackson. Continue. I think it was just Michael Jackson. So 94, they played in the Georgia Dome. The theme, Rockin' Country Sunday. Performers, Clint Black, Tanya Tucker, Travis Tritt, and the Judds. All right. All right. Yep. 30 years ago, but all right. Travis Tritt of Atlanta joined several other blah, blah, blah. The special guests for the the finale included Stevie Wonder, Alicia Judd, Lisa Hartman Black, the uh, Georgia Satellites, Joe Nima, Elijah Wood, and Charlie Daniels. That was probably a cool performance. That probably was a cool performance. Um, oh, okay. This is the this is the other one that was on the list. Ninety five. The theme was Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. No. Performers: Patti Labelle, Indiana Jones, and Marion Ravenwood, Teddy Pendergrass, Tony Bennett, Arturo Sandoval, and Miami Sound Machine. Produced by the Walt Disney Company. Mm. It was only four songs. That's probably why it wasn't well received. Right. All right. Ninety six. Uh, Take Me Higher, a celebration of 30 years of the Super Bowl. Performer, Diana Ross. Um, and that was in Tempe at the Sun Devil Stadium. Wow. Mm, that's right. I remember, I remember reading about that. I've been to the Sun Devil Stadium. They they put a Super Bowl in there? Yeah. Wow. Is that enough seats? Yeah. Back then it was. It's not. I don't think it is anymore. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that they could fit them on there. Uh wow, and it was a medley of the following songs. Stop in the name of love, you keep me hanging on, baby love, you can't hurry love, don't why do fools fall in love? Chain reaction, reach out and touch somebody's hand. Uh ain't nobody's ain't no mountain high enough. Um I will survive and take me higher. Good lord. All right, ninety seven. Uh theme, Blues Brothers Bashed. Right, this is the other one that didn't get received very well. Performers. The Blues Brothers, Dan Aykroyd, John Goodman, and James Belushi. Wow. ZZ Top, James Brown, and Catherine Cryer. <laughs> yeah, I could see why that wouldn't have gone over very well. Yep. Sponsored by Oscar Mayer. 
<laughs> that one actually, they showed clips of that one in the video, and it was really funny. <clears throat> that was uh, that was ninety seven. Okay, ninety eight. Um, salute to Motown's fortieth anniversary. Performers: Boys to Men, Smokey Robinson, Martha Reeves, The Temptations, Queen Latifah, oh my Queen gosh. Latifah, and Gramlin State University marching band. Wait, wait, wait. What year was that? Ninety eight. Okay, we have to go watch that one. Yeah, write it down. That that's definitely going on a list somewhere. We have to watch that. That's a heck of a an an a, a group. Wow. Yeah, okay. All right. 99. Uh, celebration of Soul, Salsa, and Swing. Performers. Gloria Estevan, Stevie Wonder, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, and Savon Glover. Cool. All right, 2000s. Here we go. You ready? 2000. Um, performers. Phil Collins, Christina Aguilera, Enrique, Enrique Iglesias, Tony Braxton, 80-person choir, and Edward James Almos, who was the narrator. Produced by Disney. Mm. Uh, yeah, Tapestry of the Nations. All right, 2001. Uh, the Kings of Rock and Pop. Performers. Aerosmith, NSYNC, Britney Spears, Mary J. Blige, and Nelly. Oh, that was probably Produ- a heck of a performance. Produced by MTV. Write that down, 2001. I actually remember watching that, I think. It's a long time ago. It's Pre- actually, record- I looked up 98. And down at the bottom of the list is 2001. Nice. Um, pre-recorded intro sketch with, sketch with Ben Stiller, Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, Aerosmith, and NSYNC. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, 2002. Tribute to those killed in September 11. Performer, U2. I remember that. I remember, I remember that one. That. that one was a pretty good one, if I'm not mistaken. Well, we should look that one up, too. Mar- uh, yeah, three songs. Beautiful Day, Martin Luther King, and Where the Streets Have No Name. 2003, uh, performers, Shania Twain. Okay. No right. Doubt and Sting. That's a weird Shania mix. Shania Twain and Sting. Oh, well, here's the... <laughs> Here, you ready? Yeah. Set list. Man, I Feel Like a Woman. Shania Twain. Up by Shania Twain. Just a Girl by No Doubt and Message in a Bottle by Sting with No Doubt. All right, 2004, uh, performers, Jessica Simpson, The Spirit of Houston from the University of Houston, The Ocean of Soul of Texas Southern University Marching Bands, Janet Jackson, P. Diddy, Nelly, Kid Rock, and Justin Timberlake. Oh, was this that one? No, I don't think it was. You said 2005, right? 2004. 2004. So was the next year the one? No, I thought that was in the... Later 2000s. It was not that long ago. It was in the early 2000s. Was it really? It was. Maybe that was it then. And that that problem that was happened is where we get the term uh, wardrobe malfunction, um, which is why we don't live broadcast our show. Because <laughs> I live in a wardrobe malfunction. Just in mal- case you don't have a wardrobe malfunction? <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. You know when you wear two thousand five. You know when you wear normal clothes, it's a whole lot harder to have in a wardrobe. It, it really function. is, and I'm wearing normal clothes. So anyway, two thousand five, uh, performer Paul McCartney. Yes. Okay. Hold on a second here. I'm remembering now. It was two thousand four because in twenty fourteen, because in two thousand four it was the Patriots and the Eagles, and the Patriots beat the Eagles. Okay. And in twenty fourteen, yeah. It was Justin Timberlake. And everybody was like, are we having a 10-year anniversary? And it was the Patriots and the Eagles. And the Eagles won. Oh, that's right. That's right. Am I remembering this right? Maybe I'm right. I I don't know. No. Maybe it was was 2016. All right. Keep reading. We'll figure it out. 2006. Performer was Rolling Stones. Okay. No. Never mind. 2007. Performers were Prince, Florida A&M University Marching 100 Band. I think I've seen that one. That looks – I think that one was pretty cool. Uh, sponsor Pepsi. Mm. Yeah, that's the, they're the the main one now. I think. Yeah, well, they've become it. Yeah. So, two thousand eight performers Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Um, sponsored by Bridgestone. Hmm. Tires apparently. Uh, two thousand nine performers Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Hmm. Sponsored by Bridgestone. Wow. 
2010. Performers, The Who. Who? 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 Sponsored Who? by Bridgestone. 2011. Uh, performers, The Black Eyed Peas, Usher, Slash, Dallas, uh, Fort Worth area high school drill teams and dancers. That sounds cool. Sponsored by Bridgestone. Wow. I think I remember watching that one. That one was pretty cool. 2012. Performers. Holy wow. Okay. Performers. Madonna. LMFAO. Cirque du Soleil. Nicki Minaj. MIA. CeeLo Green. Andy Lewis. Uh, Avon High School Drumline. Center Grove High School Drumline. Fisher's High School Drumline. Franklin Center High School Drumline. Southern University Dancing Dolls. And a 200-person choir consisting, consisting of Indianapolis locals. See... This is what I'm talking now about. That is that a show. Is an epic performance Holy right there. Cow. Dang. Wow. Talk about a stacked deck. Yeah, look that one up. That was sponsored by Bridgestone. 2012. Okay. Uh 2013. Performers. Beyonce and Destiny's Child. Pepsi. Like, there's not there's not much to that. I mean, they just like. I mean, they they did like nine songs, but it just wasn't the same. Yeah, I mean, it's just Destiny's Child. I like how they put Beyonce and Destiny's Child, but it, Beyonce's a member of Destiny's Child. It was Destiny's Child, anyway. Uh, 2014 performers: Bruno Mars, Red Hot Chili Peppers. That was a great one. That was a great show. That is actually one of the ones I have saved on my computer. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, sponsored by. Pepsi. Mm. 2015. Uh, Katy Perry, Lenny Kravitz, Missy Elliott, and the Arizona State University Sun Devil Marching Band. Yeah, I saw that one. It was not impressive. Yeah, that was that one where she did firework, and it was bleh. I think that, wasn't that the one where she came in on the elephant? Yeah. Yeah, it was dumb. Yeah. 2016. Coldplay, Beyonce, Bruno Mars, Mark Ronson, Gustav Dudemol, and University of California Marching Band, and Youth Orchestra LA. I've heard that that one is considered the best perform, the best uh, Super Bowl halftime performance ever. Yeah, it, it, I, 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 if I'm remembering correctly, that was a pretty good one. Because they did, uh, yeah, uh, Viva La Vida, Paradise, Adventure of a Lifetime, and then... Dropped in with Uptown Funk, then Formation by Beyonce, then Crazy in Love, Uptown Funk, Clocks, and Fix You Up, Up and Up. It was a, uh, yeah, if I remember that one, that was pretty good. 2017, Lady Gaga. 2018, Justin Timberlake and the Tennessee Kids and the University of uh, Minnesota Marching Band. Okay, so it must not have been – it wasn't a 10-year thing. It was just that the last time the Patriots played the Eagles, it was Justin Timberlake was performing. 2019 was Maroon 5, Travis Scott, Big Boy, and Georgia State University Marching Band. And this year it was Jennifer Lopez, Shakira, Bad Bunny, Jay Bavlin, and Emmy Marble Munez. And it was not very good. And it really wasn't. And holy cow, did they do a lot of songs. Yeah, it it really wasn't that good this last year. So it's the bottom of the hour. Perfect. This is Pod Bros, a production of uh, Sound, Sound Bros, Bros Productions. Productions. We really should put together like a, like a just a, a bottom of the hour like button where we can just go. It's the bottom of the hour. Click. You're listening to Pod Bros on. Spotify. There's buttons over here. I could do like bottom of the hour. <laughs> Hey. As soon as you said it, you were going to push the mute button. <laughs> well, that was the bottom of the hour. Did you guys like it? I liked it. <laughs> that accordion player needs a sedative. <laughs> uh, you're listening to Pod Bros on Podbean. Uh, just as long as it doesn't sound like that. Hey, kids. <laughs> Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. <laughs> You're listening to podcasts. No, definitely not like that. <laughs> anyway. So yeah. I feel like we I feel like we spent most of the time today talking about the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
That was the big game yesterday. It was the big game yesterday. It was sports ball. It was. Um, I didn't actually watch the game, but I've seen a bunch of posts on Facebook and whatnot about uh, people saying that it was rigged. And Oh, it's just because there was a roughing the passer call that wasn't called. There was one call. Yeah, there was a call that wasn't called and another call that was and blah, 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 blah. You know what? You know, you know what? what? All I, I know is that there's a guy on my on my Facebook, um, and I'm not going to say his name because I don't have permission to say his name. Um, but he's like, I don't know, a better – he's a better or whatever, and he is like scary good. Is he like the football ghost whisperer? Yeah, something along those lines. He calls this stuff, and he actually – like people pay him to tell them which bets to make because oh, they cool. make so much money. And he bet he he bet the uh, the time the uh, the amount that they would win by, oh, that's which crazy. was eleven points, and made made thousands of dollars on it, which is incredible. So, so um, but I I think we shouldn't talk about football anymore. No, no, because we promised our audience that we would talk about something else on Friday, but we didn't have a show on Friday. Because we were so busy. And we didn't have a show on Thursday because we were so busy. So I think we should do a segment here for the next half hour of Picard science fiction. Focused mainly on Picard. Uh, science fiction with a discipline in Picard. Oh, there you go. Okay. Uh-huh, yeah. That's yeah, clever. Uh, um, yeah, Picard. Sci-fi half hour. So we watched the first one last and, week. And it was, it was really good. Pleasantly... Enjoyable. Enjoyable. It was and very then, good. And then we just watched the second one. And it was really good, too. Was... I think I think what's getting me about it is it's like, I mean, there's some action, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in in this one, and we're, you know, slight spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert. Um, in this one, the action was mostly like flashback or, you know, historical stuff that had happened, right, mm-hmm. in the show. Um, but there's some action, but it's, I don't know, it's like a Star Trek drama. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's deep? They, they keep, the they keep teasing at the action, and I think that- It's coming. I think that it's coming, and my guess is that Patrick Stewart, because he's the executive producer, one of the executive producers, the but executive I have a feeling that what they're doing, um, because one of the things is it does feel very Next Generation-esque. It does, it does. Um, and I have a feeling that that's kind of where they're going with it. Is that they're gonna kind of build up to another show? No, no, they're gonna build up to the to the epicness in the show, and it might not even get there in the first season. Right, right. Well, I mean, the the Mandalorian. I mean, just to jump to jump sci-fi here, the Mandalorian didn't really get there. You know, it, it was did. really good. It did by it the end. There. But I'm saying it'll get there by the end, and they'll they'll cap it with a finale that'll get you to want to come back. Yeah. But I yeah. will say this: this is something that. Um, I said a couple times already, but I'm sitting there watching it, and I am I am very skeptical of Star Trek anymore, and Star Wars Be- because or whatever of, else because of JJ because of JJ and because of the other people yeah who we don't know who they are but they're in the background writing this drivel yeah and so I'm watching it and don't and be and and it is drivel yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'm very skeptical, and I'm, I'm waiting. It's like this is really enjoyable, and I'm when waiting for the, the shoe to drop. Foot gonna drop. I'm gonna. Yeah. Wa- I'm waiting for the other foot to, you know, the other shoe to fall. I'm waiting for the this shenanigan or that or some sort of um, agenda, some sort of social Sh- shenanigan, some sort of social agenda that we're gonna be pushing, that we're gonna be subje- subjected to. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. and I'm sitting there and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting, and then it's the end of the episode, and I'm pleasantly intrigued to watch the next one. Well, and even the little bit of politics that they've put in it, due to the um, the Star Trek, uh, what are they called? The Federation, yeah. Due to the Federation, it's very well done. Just well, his his banter back and forth. No, it, is, what I'm it is it is what they've done. Is they've they've pretty much taken the perspective of, um, at least on on the Federation side, and it's actually funny because I've talking about Star Trek not on the show at all, but I have talked about Star Trek in this vein in the past. Obviously, we've been spending most of our time on the show bashing Star Trek, the new stuff, and bashing Star Wars because of how terrible it is. Yeah, yeah. But 
one of the things I've always thought is interesting about Star Trek, specifically, is that it's supposed to be like this utopian future where there's no money, right? And everyone lives in peace. But really, the only thing, the only thing that you can do in Star Trek is join Starfleet. Right, they are the, to do anything meaningful. They are the communist thing. It is. It is the ultimate of a socialist utopia. It, not so much socialist because there's no currency at all. Well, it's just credit. No, there's no credits. There's nothing. The Federation has no. There were oh, no. That's right. There, the Federation has no forms of currency. That's right. You you work. There's there for is for your and uh, for your no you don't no no no, no. I'm I'm saying you you work for your glory for it, it's well Picard actually describes it in First Contact because someone is someone from the past is talking he's talking to someone from the past and they're like you don't have any money and he's like humanity has left behind the concept of money and we now fight for the betterment of all man for all for all mankind right which is you know in and of itself a very noble aspiration. Well, um, and and to have a goal, your goal is for your glory. Did it freeze? No, not at all. Oh, um, you had that I, look on your face. I just, you know. However, there is always war. Sorry. No, what? there and and there is ultimately currency, and actually, I think it's one of the reasons why DS Nine is the most popular Star Trek show because it has currency. Because they have the they gold have, press. Latinum. They have the Ferengi, and Latinum <laughs> is not just from the Ferengi. Latinum is the. Uh, Latinum is the number one universal currency. Right, right, yeah. Gold plat, gold, gold pressed latinum, and latinum is extracted from um, uh, nebulas. There's a special, a special kind of nebulas that have latinum in it, and it's really a finite resource. And they press it into gold so that it's a physical. Because otherwise, you'd do it with an eyedropper. That's there's a whole episode about that in oh, nice. in DS Nine. Um, I but I haven't seen them. Yeah, you really need to. Uh, so, catch do up. I need to finish Next Generation before I start DS Nine? I would. Okay. I feel like apparently and, and, this needs to be part of my job. So, then, so, right? so one of the things that I will say about the new Star Treks that I really dislike is that one of the things about Star Trek has been that they run into each other. They overflow into each other. So as oh, oh the Star so Trek as, series themselves. So as Next yeah. Generation continues on, it pours into DS9. And then as DS9 goes along, it pours into Voyager. Right. And then they stopped for nine months and did Enterprise, which Enterprise really pours into all pours backwards into all of Star Trek because it was a prequel story. Right. And they did they did great jest. I was actually thinking about this a lot because I watched a video behind the scenes of how they put together the Enterprise. Right. In the Enterprise series. And how they wanted it to kind of have the modern twentieth twenty first century feel, combined with the uh, the nineteen sixties nineteen seventies original series, right? Right. And so they kind of combined them together, and the end result was the was the Enterprise NX one. Oh, okay. Hence the plasma screens, but they still have the chip, the cards, and she still has to look in the little thing to see the science station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're all in bunks with no – their rooms have no windows. Yeah. And they're these tiny little rooms because it's a – you know, it's a naval – it's like a naval vessel. Yeah. You know. And so, I, and so I, I thought that in that respect, Enterprise did a great job of pouring backwards – or uh, pouring forwards, I guess you could say, into filling out some of the – Unknowns of pre-Federation Starfleet, pre-Federation. So let me let me jump let me jump. Uh, no, keep going. I'll I'll take the rabbit track in there a moment. Um, pre-Federation Starfleet, pre-Federation. Right, Earth. right, yeah. yeah. And that's one of the things that in the little bits I've seen of Discovery, um, in all of the new movies except for Into Darkness. They have, they are, they are a, they are an authority unto their own. They're not connected to anything else that's part of the Star Trek universe. Which one's Into Darkness? Again? Into Darkness was the last. No, sorry, not Into Darkness. Beyond, correction. Beyond is the one that I was thinking of. Is the only one that really kind of reaches back and grabs hold of the Star Trek lore. 
because the main villain was a member of the Makos. I'm, I'm, I'm. So you know, in Enterprise, they have the paramilitary group that exists on Earth that are called Makos. Yeah, yeah. They're like, if Starfleet was the Navy, the Makos are like the Army. Got it. Yeah. And yeah. they have Makos stationed on. They're actually no. Correction, the Makos are like the Navy, are the Marines. Got it, yeah, yeah. And Starfleet is like the Navy. So they have Makos stationed on the, on the ship when they go back out. Okay. So the villain in Beyond, the main villain in Beyond. Which is Khan? No, Beyond. No, no Into Darkness is Khan. Good grief. I'm, I'm forgetting okay. which ones are Star which. Star Trek Eleven. Got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. The big building, the big Earth um, space station. Yes. Got it. Okay, yeah. I'm good. So the villain who was he was a make he was a like some sort of high ranking officer in the Makos, and when the <coughs> Federation was formed, part of the part of what they do in the Federation, and this is also part of Star Trek lore, yeah, is that when a when a species or a planet joins the Federation, their military is absorbed into Starfleet. Right. Right. So when Earth joined the Federation as a founding member. The Makos were folded into Starfleet. Right. And so they made him a captain because of his rank in the Makos. Right. And it was like, you know, they fit it into the rest of the story. And the the ship that they use at the end of the movie, the Franklin, is an NX-class ship. Right. That's right. Yeah. It was like, I'm watching it and I'm like, this finally feels like Star Trek. I get to nerd out about the fact that I know what kind of ship it is. Yeah. And I know that he's a Mako, and I know what that means. Yeah. There was something about the other Star Treks that it's like, I don't know any. I mean, that's what what have we done with both of these Picard episodes? Nerded out the whole time. We've totally nerded out the whole time about calling different parts. Calling different parts and then being rewarded with being right. With being right and going, ooh. And then being like, oh, it. I didn't even see that coming, yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. That That is that is the beauty of, of some of this science fiction stuff is the being able to nerd out about it. And I think that's something that's lost. I think that I think it's a lot of something that's lost, especially – Is the nerding out part. Especially – okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump jump back over to Star Wars for a second. <laughs> Seven, eight, nine. You, you, you missed out. You missed out on sticking with the story – and having a whole bunch of people Game of Thrones it on you guys. Game of Thrones it, yep. Because and, and take your fan base and quadruple it. Because what did Game of Thrones do? What did the show Game of Thrones do for Game of Thrones book readers? Oh, it... It made them knowledge gods. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I read the books. I already know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, that whole thing. Yeah. If they had done that with Star Wars... Oh, my gosh, I can't... I can't. I can't even. Because I can't even right now. But it's like <laughs> you could have totally been like, oh, my gosh, they're setting it up for this. Right. Right. And then rewarding with a little bit of that and that's this. That is what made the prequels, one, two, and three. So great. So great. You already know what's going to happen. You already know that Anakin is going to become Darth Vader. Spoiler alert. So (laughs) (laughs) Vader is literally father in German. Okay. Well, you know that he's going to do that. You know that he's going to have twins. Well, that's what was so You know he's going to betray, even from episode one, you know he's going to betray the Jedi Order. The Jedi Order. You know it's coming. You know he's bringing the fall of the Republic. Yeah. But- you're along for the ride to see how they get there. How they get exactly. And that is what that is what made doing four, five, and six first so epic. Which is why we've said before on the they show. Should have started with ten. They should have started with ten. They should have started you do with 10. 10, 11, and twelve. Then you come back and you do seven, eight, and nine, and and you with, and you're just with, like with with the, the program that that Marvel has mastered. Right. This right. this de aging program, Marvel and yep. actually just Disney in general, yep. has mastered this de aging thing. It's so yep. great. Yep, for what they're able to do. It's like do and, it and do it and let's let's add into that. Not just the Marvel de aging side of it, but the Marvel like cinematic universe design, right? 
of having your main movie, The Avengers, right, and building up to your main movie, The Avengers. And you do that in Star Wars? How do you do that in Star Wars? I don't know. How many side stories are there? Millions. Right? How many movies can you make? Yeah. Oh, these movies aren't aren't being received well. Yeah, because you have a million stories that people want to see. Yeah, you're doing ones that nobody wants to see. Yeah, you're okay. coming up with new stuff. Okay, so you did you did a solo movie. You did a Han Solo movie called Solo. Yep. But you didn't do the story. You didn't do the story. The, the story that hadn't changed, but you changed it anyway. The story was so epic. Yeah. Han Solo's story is so epic. Yep. And and the explanation of how he got it connected with with Jabba the Hutt yep. is so epic. Yep. You could have you could have made three movies just on that. Just on that. Or or, or just one. With all the parts kind of squished in. Bear with. Bear okay. with. Too much, right? Too much. Yeah. But you squish all the solo in. And then you do, dare I say it, you do a you do a Yoda movie, or you do a uh, you do a Sidious movie, or you do whatever. All of the things building up, and you do a, a you know a, a nod to whatever. You do a Boba Fett movie, right? Well, um, I, I have a feeling that Boba Fett's going to show up I hope in so. Mandalorian. So I hope so. I, I, I'm just I'm throwing it out there. So I actually think he's already been in the Mandalorian. We've already seen him. He's one of the. I think you think he's one of the Mandalorian. Just no, kinda... no. Here's my theory: the episode where they're on Tatooine, yes, and they're meeting up with the chick who's being uh, tracked, who's who's got a bounty on her head. The the uh, the tough chick. Yeah, yeah. And uh, no, 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 not the not the one who's the who's the trooper. The one in the episode only. She's only in that one episode. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and there's all sorts of double crosses and stuff, and then they leave. And she was supposedly supposed to meet someone in one of the cities in Mos Eisley or something like that. And so she's – and the episode ends with her laying there and someone walks up and you can only see their legs. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I think that that was Boba Fett. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Spoiler alert. Um, Potential spoiler alert. Well, spoiler alert because she's laying there. And If you haven't seen The Mandalorian, oh, yeah. go see The Mandalorian. And, and it totally fits in with – Star with the Star Wars style. We jump back onto Star Wars way too because easily, well because we? in Star Wars Episode Four, did you know that Boba Fett was in Star Wars Episode Four? Yeah, but most people don't know that though. All right, so explain to the people where Boba Fett was in Star Wars so, Episode Four. When Luke runs off to find the droids, yep, and he meets up with Ben Kenobi, yep, um, and then he's like, "Wait, my." My uncle, they're my, my uncle and aunt. aunt. They're gonna get killed, and he shows back up, and the whole place is trashed, and they're in they're like incinerated. Yep. And then later on, when they come across, oh no, no, sorry, they come across the the Jawas first, and it looks like the it looks like the um, like they get attacked by uh, Tusken Raiders by Tusken Raiders, and but Tusken Raiders always walk in single, single file, file to hide their numbers. Yes, and uh, blaster points were too accurate for. Troopers, but stormtroopers aren't accurate with their blasters, are they? No, but Boba Fett is. So, well, let me let me finish here. <laughs> Sorry. So, in episode <laughs> five, when they're on the Star Destroyer, yep. When Darth Vader is telling him that he wants Han Solo captured, yep. He specifically talks to Boba Fett and says, "No disintegrations." Who was disintegrated? Luke's uncle and aunt. Well, they were burned. There was nothing left of them, Correct. except for some smoking remains. Which, which, so, a, which a side note. So, which a side note. I have to, I have to rabbit track. Keep going on that. But rabbit track. Did you know that they actually had action figures for uh, Luke and for? Um, yes, I did. Uncle I did know and Peru and and Uncle Owen, uh, the two hosta. Anyway, continue. Yeah, I, I did actually know that. <laughs> yeah, terrible. Terrible morbid. Anyway, um, the other thing, the other side of all this is look at later on in episode four. The stormtroopers have taken control of Moss Espa spaceport. Right. Have set up checkpoints. Right. And have spies all over the city. Right. 
if that's how they operate, why did they go blasting their way through a Jawa uh, mining right thing and burn the... Because they didn't. But who would? A bounty hunter who was looking for the bounty and trying to cover the tracks of other bounty hunters. Truth. So, anyway, with that rabbit track, back to Star Trek. Back to Star Trek. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm thoroughly enjoying this. I'm hoping that they continue along this path, and this inspires more shows. Yes. Like a Captain Riker on the Titan show. Oh. Or a Ambassador Worf. Yes. As part of the Klingon Empire show, or um, any other number of shows that I could think of. And with that, now back to Star Wars. Star Trek. Star, Star Trek. Star Trek. Star we were Wars. on Star Wars. We were on Star Wars. Star Trek. It's the end of the show. We could just end it right we now. We could just end it right now, but we should talk a little bit more about Star Trek. Okay. Ready? I'm gonna I'm gonna do simple. Ready? Okay, go. New Star Trek bad. Picard good. Yay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Um, yeah. So that is that is the deal. That's where we're at. Hey, um what what should we talk about? I mean, we have listeners. We should thank our listeners. Thank you, listeners. Um, uh, what should we talk about on our show here? Because, you know, we're running out it's of stuff. It's the end of the show. We don't have to talk no, about anything no, for else. No, like later. We're, they, like, we're done. Send us a we're message. literally done. But we, Sometimes I wonder if you even understand how podcasts work. I like, do, actually. Which at is, all. Which is, <laughs> which is why I can keep going. Uh, thank you for listening. We are a production. Of Wait, Sound were you asking them what we should talk about? Yes, you should have made that more clear. I did make that. I thought clear. you were talking to me. You There's no one else in me. here. I'm looking at the microphone. But I'm right. I'm right. Like literally no, right. No, in the, see, I'm here. I'm this li- is you. <laughs> this is here. This is you. This is here. You're in my staring spot. You're in my staring spot. Well, tell it to be nicer because it's making a spectacle out of itself. Spectable? Spectable. I can't talk respectable. To, I can't talk this today. This is spectacle. Apparently, apparently today I can't discuss. Wait, what? You can't talk? Can't talk. You can't even use your words right. I can't use my words. My de- my words are done broke. <laughs> my, my words done broke themselves. D- themself. Them it. <laughs> them it. Damn it. Um, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> dear goodness, we had a good show until the last minute and a half. <laughs> it sounds really good in here, though. I will say it that. It sounds pleasant. It does. It sounds nice. All right, well, that's hear the, the drums echoing tonight. No, we won't hear the drums echoing tonight. I want, what? No, why? We're in a soundproof room. We won't hear anything. <laughs> that is true. Very true. Um, so yeah, this has been Pod Bros. A production of, of Sound Bros, Bros Productions. 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 Uh, Productions. On Spotify, Podbean, Productions. Google Play, uh, YouTube, YouTube. Facebook. No, not YouTube, Facebook. just YouTube. Um, and Facebook. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening, and we hope you learned something, because if you're not learning, you're dying. So... As we like to say, keep learning so you're not dying. Yeah, we just said that. But you said as we like to say, so I, I like. I wanted to say it shorter though. Like I don't know, stay alive. Bah, 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 bah. Stay alive. Stay, stay alive. alive. <laughs> no. Uh, I hear the drums echoing. No, those no, don't no, go no, together. No, no, no. Stay alive. Stay alive. Staying alive, staying alive, staying alive. (laughs) That's one of those songs that you can walk dramatically to. You really can. Have you ever seen the music video? Yeah. It's literally them walking dramatically. Walking dramatically. Yeah, the whole time. Wearing giant V-necks. Ugh, V-necks. And and, uh, And gold chains. And uh, aviator glasses. And aviator glasses. Gosh. Brutal man. Yeah. You know what else is like that one? Huh. The uh, the Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. Definitely. The, the music video is like that definitely. too. They're just walking. The that actually, you, that you know, speaking of, you know, we should talk about Super Bowl commercials tomorrow. 
Oh, we should because there's some really good ones. Yeah, there are. Okay, so okay. tomorrow, come back for Super Bowl commercials. And on that note, stay alive. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.